Good morning, and welcome to the first episode of Sports and Jorts. Got some big topics for today. First topic being Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. I know this is a big deal for major NFL teams. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers has been with the Packers for so long now. Won his only Super Bowl there. Was looking to be the next Brett Favre ironically following his footsteps almost to a T. But let's discuss the details of this trade. So the Jets are acquiring Rodgers, the number 15 pick for this year, the number 170th pick for this year. While the Packers are getting the number 13th pick, the number 42 pick, the number 207th pick of this year. And a conditional second round for 2024. Now the conditions on that being it becomes a first round pick if Rodgers plays more than 65% of the snaps. That should happen, barring any major injury to Rodgers himself. Should happen. I don't see why that wouldn't happen. But that forces uh, Zach Wilson out of a job. So what does that look like for the Jets? Uh, Quick prediction on that. I still only see the Jets going maybe plus 500 this next season and most likely missing the playoffs. If anything, maybe making a wild card berth. But just looking at their division, it's it's a tough division. We were looking at the Bills, probably going to win that division again. They just have the power to do that in the depth. Uh, I could see the Dolphins making the playoffs, making a big run, uh, barring any injuries. You know, they had all those quarterback injuries last year, concussions, just not a good string of games for them right there in that middle of the season, which... A lot of us fantasy players know very well. So they should be just fine. Um, Dolphins make playoffs. I think the Patriots are going to miss out again, which is unfortunate for them. Uh, The whole Mac Jones era and hoping he's the next Tom Brady, I just don't see that happening while Mac Jones is there. And the Jets, like I said, maybe 500-plus team, but missing out on the playoffs or maybe getting a wild-card berth um, just – based off of however the rest of that division goes. Um, so let's, let's kind of move on to our next topic, you know. Uh, let's talk about the NBA championship predictions. Got a lot of games already going, already in effect. Not going to necessarily break down what I think the games will end up being, but kind of that first round, way things are trending, Miami over the Bucks. That's a very surprise thing. Um, everybody kind of predicted the Bucks to be great, but it's just not happening. Uh, Knicks over Cleveland, Philly over the Nets, that's already happened. Boston over Atlanta, that's it's kind of a close one right now. Um, it's very interesting series, like we all kind of predicted. Um, but I, I think Boston's going to take that. Denver over the Timberwolves. Now this one is coming to a surprise for most of us. Uh, We didn't really expect Denver to come out and be that powerhouse over the Timberwolves after they had that excellent start, the excellent finish into last year. Um, But, yeah, Denver's tearing them up. Suns over the Clippers, Warriors over the Kings. I know that's a close series right now as well, but uh, Golden State just has that experience, and I could see that really going far. Um, Lakers over the Grizzlies. The Lakers are just playing better now than what they have been all year. They're all kind of getting healthy at the right time and kind of seem like they're stepping off. So let's look at their round two. Knicks over Heat. That's going to be a controversy thing. 
but um, I don't think the Heat have the depth to be able to make that longevity of a run. However, the Heat have some younger players. I think we could see them coming in the future. Uh, Philly over Boston. Boston just doesn't seem to be that championship team caliber yet. Um, maybe they make some moves in the offseason and come up with something. Nuggets over the Suns. Uh, Warriors over the Lakers. The Warriors just seem to get the best of the Lakers game in, game out. And I, I think we could see the Warriors take a step up there and do it again. Philly over the Knicks. Uh, Philly's just been so dominant at the end of the year here. I think they have an easier series against um, Boston than I mean, they won four, or won four over over the Nets. I, I think they have an easy series against the um, over Boston, maybe a four-one series, something like that, and take that one. So Philly's well rested. I think they beat the Knicks. Um, and then we have, I think we have the Warriors over the Nuggets. I just don't see the Nuggets as that powerhouse team yet. Um, I think they do have some great players but I think the Warriors as long as they stay healthy that's the key for the Warriors is staying healthy and for Draymond not to get suspended every damn game that's a huge problem of his he's the villain we all know that but he's got to stay healthy and then um, so that obviously puts Philly and the Warriors in the championship game I think this is Philly's year I know Joel Embiid used to say it trust the process but I think Philly finally pulls it off over the Warriors, especially if they have any injuries or real beat up after playing the Lakers and the Nuggets. Um, I think they finally pull it off. Uh, Philly in six or seven, I think it'll be a good series, but I think they finally pull it off. Next thing we're looking at, NHL championship predictions. Round one, uh, Boston over Florida, four to one. Toronto over Tampa, 4-1. That one's probably the biggest surprise right now. Everybody was hoping for Tampa Bay to kind of reload, come back, get that. Doesn't seem that it's going to happen. See a 4-1 there. Uh, Hurricanes over Islanders, 4-2. I see the Rangers over New Jersey, uh, 4-3. I think that series is tied 2-2 right now. And that's a pretty close series, but I I think the Rangers pull that out. Uh, Colorado over Seattle, 4-2. Dallas over Minnesota, 4-2. They've been going back and forth. Uh, One will have a big win. The other one will have a big win. I I just think Dallas has a better quality of team right now, and I think they pull that out. Uh, Vegas over Winnipeg, 4-1. series is currently 3-1, and Vegas just seems to want to dominate. They want that second championship. The Oilers over the Kings, um, I really put that up to a coin toss. I asked Siri who's going to win. They didn't know, so I had her flip a coin. Um, but that's going to be a 4-3, I think. Um, so let's look at round two. I have Boston over Toronto. I think Boston's a better team overall. Toronto, I think, is uh, – their fans are going crazy right now. But I think Boston beats them. They may be a close series. Uh, Hurricanes over Rangers. Colorado over Dallas. I think Colorado's got a better team overall. We've seen that last year in the playoffs, and I really think it's going to start to show this year too. Uh, Vegas over the Oilers. And so that brings us to round three. Uh, I think uh, Vegas over Colorado. I think Colorado's going to have played some tough series right now. 
Um, we see it right now. Colorado's playing Seattle, and Seattle's playing tough. And then we're going to see Colorado play Dallas. Dallas is going to play them tough. I think the Vegas just kind of has an easier road. Uh, Vegas will beat Colorado. I think it'll probably be like a 4-2 series. Um, it may end up being a 4-1 series, but I think Colorado will at least slip one or two in there. Then uh, Hurricanes over Boston. I think Boston will just have, have after playing Toronto, um, like I said, Toronto's not a bad team, but I think Toronto is definitely going to wear Boston down. And, uh, we're going to see the Hurricanes in Vegas there in that uh, the big championship game. So I think we are likely to see Vegas win another title here. Um, definitely, definitely think they have the power to do it. So I think that, that's where that's going. So next uh, we got Bon Banchero. I know I just butchered that name. Really hope I didn't, but probably did. Named rookie year for uh, the NBA. Uh, player out of Orlando Magic. Playing great. Uh, if we look at some of his numbers, his stat lines, even though he missed seven games this year, um, first in points per game, it's 21.8. That's outstanding for a rookie. Third in rebounds at 6.5. Third in assists at 3.6. Like, some fantastic numbers. Um, in fact, he's the first rookie ever to have it with this stat line. I see a very promising future for Orlando coming up. They've got a very young team. They've got some, some pretty powerhouse guys coming in. They've got some good shooters, good scorers. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they're able to do here in the within the next couple of years, I, I think, as those guys kind of develop, if we can keep them together, see how it goes. Um so, Muhammad versus Burns, UFC 288. This fight kind of got thrown in there late. Um, it's scheduled for May 6th. And uh, there was an initial rumor that Muhammad was going to have to cut 44 pounds in 11 days. Are you kidding me? No one could do that. Um, he came back later to say that he was joking. He actually has a 19 pounds to cut in 11 days, which is still pretty bad. Um, former college wrestler, like those cuts are not easy, and I know the way that they're doing this, and he is going to be exhausted from that. I'm not saying that Burns may not have a tough cut, but to cut 19 pounds in 11 days, you are constantly working on a on low calorie intake. It's gonna be astonishing to even see if he makes weight. Um, Hopefully he does. I mean, I'd love to see the fight. Uh, they're both great strikers. Um, they've had a, quite a few unanimous decisions lately. Pretty sure Muhammad ended his last fight in a TKO slash knockout second round, late second round. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going to be a good fight. Um, however, I think Muhammad's going to be worn down from that weight, weight cut and loses. I, ultimately, I think he's going to get knocked out by Burns in the second or third round. And, and that's going to be the end of it. But I think it should be an interesting fight. Um, on the topic of fights, uh, did you guys not see Nate Diaz? The video is floating around right now. Um, first, he schedules a big fight with Jake Paul. Whether we want to call that a money-making ordeal, whatever the hell we want to call it, it's scheduled. A couple days later, video circulating of Nate Diaz choking this dude out downtown what do you think it did I, I understand it I, I don't know if he was provoked like 
what was going on with that, but now he's got a warrant out for his arrest. It's, it's pretty crazy to think, like, these altercations that keep coming up with, with some of these fighters. Hey, why would you pick a fight with this dude? You, you've seen what he's done. It's the same deal with people picking fights with Conor McGregor. Why would you do that? I, I wouldn't do that. I mean, that's just, don't. You're going to lose. You know you're going to lose. Don't do it. Um, yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what comes of that and if that has any effect on the fight with Jake Paul. What, what's going to come of that? What's going to happen? Hopefully nothing. Hopefully, hopefully he's fine. Has to pay a fine. Apologize. Something like that. Um, and that, that kind of puts an end to it. So, Justin Verlander, now with the Mets, uh, supposed to start rehab before he officially starts with the Mets. Um, I'm interested to see if he'll stay healthy for the season, honestly. Starting to get old. Um, I remember when he used to play for the Tigers, won the World Series. I thought he was done after he got hurt then and traded to the Astros. I completely understood the trade, but um, I thought I thought he was done. Um, now he's over with the Mets, rehabbing again. Um, so I want to see if this is this is finally his final landing place, if he's going to be healthy for the season, if this is his last season, like what is going to happen with Verlander. I think it's going to be very interesting, um, and I think his recovery is going to be very important for him if he does want to continue playing and see what happens then. Um, while we're on the topic, we can, I mean, we can talk about Detroit and, and the Phillies with a slow start. I mean, the Phillies started 0-5 and now are just about the crest of 500. Um, Detroit was supposed to, predicted to be some powerhouse team, and now they're 8-13, and I think 9-13 and after tonight. Um, that, that wasn't supposed to happen. Um, I mean, and what does this mean for the rest of the year? I know it's a long season. I completely understand, but... The, the way it looks, Detroit's Detroit's just done. Um, it, it just doesn't look like they're going to be able to come back from this. Um, maybe another 500 season, a sub-500 season. Uh, the Phillies, with the way they've been playing lately, I, I think they can come back. Um, they're back up to that 500 mark, but they need, man, they need some wins. They need to play good up until that all-star break. Come back rested and ready to go for the rest of the year. Pretty, pretty interesting. Um, let's go back over to the, the NCAA real quick. Uh, talk about uh, Tyler Buckner of Notre Dame. Uh, declares that he wants to enter the transfer portal for Notre Dame. That's uh, it's definitely interesting. Um, I'm a huge Notre Dame fan, so this definitely piqued my interest. I mean, he's been a solid quarterback. I wouldn't say outstanding, but uh, definitely knows the system. So, uh, but, but the comment that he made that really kind of struck me sideways is um, he wants to enter the transfer portal to see his options, and, but he's willing to stay with Notre Dame. And I, I just don't agree with that. Like, the, once you're gone, you should be gone. I understand it's college, name, image, image likeness, like all this stuff, but like what, what schools is he interested in landing? What would make him stay at Notre Dame? Is he going to be back? Um, and then why does he want to enter the transfer portal? Is he looking for somebody who has a better shot at winning a title? Um, I, I, at the end of the day, Notre Dame needs to enter a conference anyway, but that's beside the point. I, I just am interested to see what happens with him, what this does to his career in the future, what system he might land in, and 
stuff. Um, continuing on with the NCAA, got some wrestling rule changes that were uh, submitted for proposal. Um, some pretty gnarly ones. Uh, one that really kind of piqued my interest was the no riding time point without a turn. Um, if you guys don't know, if you've ridden over for a minute during uh, wrestling, this is in folk style, which is wrestled in the NCAA and primarily in the youth of um, high school, middle school, and lower levels in the United States. And without a minute of riding time in college, they're not going to be allowing this point now without a turn. Um, most of these matches that come down to where the, the riding time point is important are close matches to begin with. So I'm interested to see if that's going to bring more overtime, if the, the rule changes that they're projecting are going to speed matches up, if they're gonna, we're going to see more high-scoring matches, um, things like that. The way it seems like they're transitioning to is more of like a freestyle mixed in with this folk style. And so then that leads to the question of why are we in the United States not just wrestling freestyle to begin with? Um, we've seen it be a, a, a pretty big disadvantage um, to USA Wrestling. I mean, we're student, still doing well uh, on a world level, an Olympic level, but why are we not setting ourselves up for success by wrestling this freestyle now versus waiting until they get into college and they're wrestling that all off season or or why are we not just wrestling that all the time um while on the topic of wrestling women's wrestling was sanctioned this year in the state of kentucky pretty awesome um it's wonderful to see this growth in the sport i'm not 100 percent sure but i think we have just about half or just over half of the states in the united states um finally sanctioning women's wrestling i've seen a huge growth in the last like five years of this and I, I think it's good for that to now be a thing. Um, but the ultimate question is, why are we not sanctioning it in every state? Why, why are we not at all 50 states? And when are we going to see that? Um, I think it, it's huge for not only the sport, but um, for, for women's athletics in general. Um, and it can draw a good, a good background in there. I, I just, I don't know. It's kind of interesting to see see that. Um, and, and for this podcast, what we're going to end with each and every time is I'm going to end you with a, let's say, controversial topic inside of sports. And the one I picked today, it's, it's kind of important to me. Um, I grew up in a generation where winning mattered, and, and it mattered when you were young to develop that mindset that you needed to work hard. You, you earned what you got. And um, so, so the question is, does winning matter in a young age? Or do you just need that participation trophy? Um, with that, I mean, are we breeding a culture that winning doesn't matter? Is the culture becoming more that you don't have to work hard to be recognized? Should everybody just get the participation trophy? I mean, you guys tell me your thoughts on it. Uh, follow me on Twitter. Um, at sports underscore in underscore jorts. Um, let me know what you think. I personally, I think weighing matters. Develops a good mindset. Develops a work work hard ethic. Um, 
real world isn't easy on you. It shouldn't be easy on you. And in sports, you can develop a great worth ethic that will make you a better man or woman in the workforce or to get what you want. That's my personal opinion. Let me guys, let me know what you think at Twitter, um, at sports underscore in underscore jorts. Let me know. If you guys like today's podcast, be sure to leave a good review. And tune in next time on Sports and Jorts for some more sports topics.